Hey folks, I am Ryan Goodman and you are listening to the Agriculture Proud Podcast. Join the conversation and find all my content at agricultureproud.com. Hello and welcome to the Agriculture Proud Podcast. This is episode 28 and I'm your host, Ryan Goodman. And we're coming at you with another episode of the Over a Beer series with my good friend, Carrie Mess, also known as Dairy Carrie. Now, if you've missed out on the six previous episodes in this series, we're talking about hot topics in agriculture. And yeah, we sat down over a beer in Carrie's hometown in Wisconsin. And uh, we just talked about hot topics, things that were on our mind, and uh, we wanted to get them out there and discuss our feelings and, and opinions and, and about them. Um, but we also want to hear your feedback and your input. So be sure to send us that information. Um, in the past, we've talked about, you know, different things that are happening with consumers and food and agriculture today. A couple weeks ago, we talked about frequently asked questions in dairy cattle. And then Carrie turned the tables on me and asked about some hot topics in the beef industry. And uh, this week, we're going to talk about advocacy offline. So when we're talking about agriculture advocacy, a lot of the time um, we think, oh, you've got to have a blog and a Facebook and a Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and everything that's online. When the truth is that you can very much be an advocate in your own right, offline, in your local communities, wherever you're at. Um, And oftentimes when we go to uh, meetings or conferences and Carrie and I are speaking or presenting workshop, we get a lot of, you know, cheers, you're doing a great thing, way to go. But then never fails that part of the older crowd and even some of the younger crowd that isn't on social media, they're like, yeah, that's not for me. Social media is a millennial thing. Keep doing what you're doing. And that's so disappointing because we're all advocates in our own right. Um, You should never pass up an opportunity to to thank a customer if you're a farmer or rancher, and you should never pass up an opportunity when people have questions about agriculture or food products or things that are happening today. And so I hope that we touch on a couple of these topics um, and that you'll give us some feedback and what you think. You can catch up with us on social media as AgProudRyan and Dairy Carey. And you can find the episode show notes for this at agricultureproud.com slash podcast. Just look up episode 28. And before you go, I hope you uh, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you're listening to it so you can get notifications of future episodes and pass it along to a friend and uh, let them know what they're missing out on and and encourage them to follow up and subscribe to it as well. Um, So I hope that you enjoyed this conversation between Carrie and myself about offline advocacy and you can find the show notes at agricultureproud.com slash podcast. And we're here with another episode of the Agriculture Proud Podcast and the Over a Beer series. This is your host, Ryan Goodman, with guest... Carrie Mess. And we are here, obviously, enjoying beer. a beer. <laughs> and thought we'd get together... A and beer? A beer. A pitcher. All beer. Yeah. And uh, talk about some topics we just thought needed, needed talked about, needed discussed. And uh, what are we drinking today, Carrie? Spotted Cow. From yep. New Glarus Brewing. It's a farmhouse ale that's only available in Wisconsin. We keep our beer on this side of the cheese curtain. So. That's right. So every time I go to Wisconsin, I have to get my fill. Right. And no, we're not sponsored by Spotted Cow or New Glarus. But we should be. We should be. And uh, where are we at? We're at the bar. At the bar. Crawfish Junction. Crawfish Junction in Uptown Milford, Wisconsin. That's right. So a couple if you're... miles from our farm. If you're between Madison and Milwaukee, there's a good chance you'll see uh, Carrie and Pat here. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I can't even lie. <laughs> and Silas. And Silas. We're right. enough regulars that when we come, and we're always late enough because we don't get to eat till after chores are done and cows are milked, that the waitresses all babysit our kids so we can eat dinner. It's pretty great. 
So it's a win for everybody, right? It is. <laughs> you know, so for those who haven't turned into our... Tuned. Tuned. In, so for those who haven't tuned into our podcast series over a beer... For um, any they, of the pictures of beer we're on... That's right. Uh, what, what have they been missing out on? Good stuff. Good stuff, yeah. So we started out talking about our stories and, and what our role is in ag and how we got here. Um, talked a little bit about the state of advocacy and uh, what, what's going on in the world, where have we been, and where we hope advocacy is going. Talked about beef and dairy checkoffs, um, what's going on there, and pour another beer. <laughs> and then we talked about a little bit, of, should we talk to activists? How do you, how do you identify an activist? And you know, should we, should we engage should we with them? Should talk to them? The answer is yes and no, and yes and no. Yeah, it and depends. And no, and sometimes, and maybe. It depends, right? Right. And then uh, hot topics and dairy, uh, then Carrie turned the tables on me right. and asked me all about the beef world. Right. And so now today we're going to be talking about offline advocacy. Believe it or not, you can be an advocate and not have a Facebook page. For sure. You know, when I first met Ryan, he was one of the leading advocates out there and he didn't even have a smartphone. That's right. Tweeting so, off my dumb phone. Dumb phone. So a lot of times we think of advocacy and we think, okay, well that means... Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and that's really not the case at all. It's uh, There's so many different ways to do this, and I think people can both um, pigeonhole themselves into having to use social media um, without realizing the bigger picture and using it as an excuse of thinking advocacy means social media and they don't do social media to think that they don't have to do advocacy, and that is wrong-o. Yep, I go and talk to a lot of groups and they'll invite me to talk about advocacy and social media, but their members there will be like, oh, that's great, you've got a Facebook page. Right. Um, and not, I'm like, oh, that's for the young folks, and not be really be open to doing it on their own. Yeah, for sure. And I, I run into that all the time, too. I, I get people who are like, oh, yay, Derek Gary, that's great. Yeah, I'm not doing it. <laughs> and it's like, oi, you know, you're... You're shooting yourself in the foot. You're shooting all of us in the foot because we need all the voices we can get. Mm -hmm. Except for the bad voices. We don't want them. <laughs> but who are those? Oh, well, that's another bad topic. <laughs> that would be our next topic. <laughs> yeah. Of how not to be an advocate. So right. stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. But no, I, it, there's nothing more disappointing than somebody to go to a meeting and say, oh, that's great. The millennials, you're, you're doing social media. That's great. You're an advocate. And I'm not. Mm -hmm. um, so I, when I go speak to groups quite a bit, I talk to them, and they're usually older groups because, let's face it, the majority of our agriculture communities, the average age is 58, 59, 60. Right. Right. And so I start out and I say, who in here considers himself an advocate? Mm -hmm. Or who is an advocate for agriculture? Raise your hand. Well. You don't get many. I don't get many. And I tell them all to raise their hand because good or bad, you're an advocate Right. What you're doing leaves an impression on other people. Right, for sure. Yep. But how do you be an advocate offline? So say social media, Facebook, Twitter isn't your specialty. You're not comfortable in doing that. Say tomorrow the internet ceased to exist. How would we make sure that people still ate beef and drank milk and ate cheese? Well, I'm going to go push it in their faces and tell them they have to eat. Eat it. Eat it. Eat it. Something eat it. tells me that's not going to be the most effective way. <laughs> yeah. Right? 
Um, the more beer we get in, the more I am likely to karaoke and to songs in my head. And that's not really a great thing, because honestly, I can't sing. But we're going to do it anyways. Yeah, stay tuned, folks. We're on episode seven. <laughs> and at the bottom of our second picture. <laughs> <laughs> Just a second? Yeah. Um, so, Carrie, you've got a lot of examples that you use in presentations when you go to speak to different groups. Right. Um, you've got one that I especially like. So let's give an example of your father-in-law. Yeah. So um, most of the people listening to this have never met my father-in-law. So a quick, brief description. He is a bear of a man. Large. So large, in fact, that you can drop a quarter through his wedding band. A quarter? A quarter. Yes. It's a pretty big ring. It's big ring. Um, and he has paws for hands. He's just a big, burly guy. And he's friendly and he's nice, but, you know, if he doesn't have a smile on his face, he doesn't, you know, he can be intimidating because he's just a big dude. Um, but several years ago, he taught me what it meant to be an advocate. Before the blog, before any of the other stuff that I did, he's the one who taught me how to reach out. And the difference between educating consumers and influencing them. So um, when I talk to people, I always encourage them to influence consumers versus educate. Um, and, and so this touches, the story kind of touches on both those topics. So many, many years ago, he and I were going to look at another farm um, to see how they were doing a new calf building that we were looking at building. So we went down there and on the way we stopped at Quick Trip, which is the local gas station to get a treat and when we got there to the gas station you know he was in his farm clothes i was in my farm clothes um and so when we walked in um he made a beeline to this little blonde woman and i was like oh shit, this is not okay like i was still a newlywed at this point and i'm like i don't know what's going on but this just can't be good this is bad and um but what he did, he walked over to this woman and he stuck out his paw of a hand and he had a smile on his face and he shook her hand and he said thank you because this woman had a little basket with a ton of milk in it um, and he said, you know, hey thanks, you look like you're a good customer of mine, I'm a dairy farmer, you know, from up in Lake Mills, you know, we were five miles, six miles away from, from our farm at the time and he he just talked to her and he, he spent 30 seconds and it turns out this woman owned the local coffee shop and their order hadn't come in that day so she had to go to quick trip and get milk because milk is like a huge part of coffee at <laughs> a coffee shop especially and, in wisconsin right well i just think anywhere that's like a huge way adults get milk in their diet is in their coffee and so she you know was just out doing her thing getting her milk and here's this farmer stopped and it took less than 30 seconds for him to say thank you. But I, I guarantee you that the next time she bought milk, she thought of my father-in-law. She didn't think about an undercover video. She didn't think about what PETA or HSUS said. She thought about my father-in-law. Now that's pretty influential. That's influence and that's really a big deal. And I think that's something that every one of us in agriculture can do. So you don't have to be a dairy farmer to do that, right? No, heck no. I mean, somebody buys beef and you raise beef, obviously. Somebody buys cornflakes. Somebody buys a Pepsi, which is high fructose corn syrup in it. I mean, there's a lot of ties to, I mean, 
everything we eat is made from agricultural products. So let's, you know, stop it. And it might be kind of cool to like think about, for people to think about the farmer that actually brought the product that isn't even like a typical product we would think of, like not milk, but maybe, you know, candy or something like that to really tie it back um, to, to the land that it was grown on. That, that's cool. Yeah, and that's a challenge you give to a lot of people, and I've been trying to pass it along as well. It's like, so whenever you go to the grocery store um, and you meet somebody, you see somebody. Now, of course, I work with beef farmers quite a bit, beef cattle ranchers. And I say, when you go up to the beef counter and you, you may not be buying beef there because you probably have it in your freezer. Um, but you see somebody that's maybe a mom or a dad looking for what's their beef going to be for the next meal this week. Right. Um, step up and start a conversation with them and say, hey. Can I help you out? Thanks for buying a product that I help. So even if you're not a direct, um, you know, direct supplier for that product, for you sure. probably contribute to the larger commodity. Right. I tend to linger in the dairy aisle longer than what is normal, but I feel like I haven't done my job if I've gone grocery shopping and haven't thanked someone for being my customer. Mm-hmm. And it can be fun, right? Put you a little bit out of your comfort zone. Oh yeah. Heck yeah. I mean... And I usually get really good questions, like quick questions that I can answer and, and people get back to me. Um, you know, they'll, they'll say, well, what about this? Or, hey, you know, you're a dairy farmer. Is this true? And you get a chance to maybe answer a question. Or sometimes they're just like, okay, crazy lady, go away. But still, it, it leaves a good positive, positive impression overall. Mm-hmm. Um, but the grocery store is not the only place to advocate, right? Oh, no. No. I mean, there's tons of places offline that you can advocate. Um, you know, the grocery store is one thing, but uh, you can get involved in your local organizations, um, agri-organizations, because there's more than one way to advocate. You can advocate to directly to customers, or you can reach out through legislation, through organizations, to make sure the industry as a whole is set up better. Yeah, I've been trying to help um, a lot of young producers over the last couple of years to identify how you can do that. Because so, there's nothing more frustrating than someone just sitting in the coffee shop complaining right. about things when you can get involved and advocate for your position to help people better understand your position on for something. Sure. Um, so there's room to advocate um, for lots of policy reasons as well. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not just to consumers, but the legislators who are in their legislators, you know, at the beginning of this, this year, a lot of states have legislative sessions going on and you've got producers or you've, you've got legislators and, and representatives from across the state looking at different issues that affect how we are able to continue conducting business, um, whether it be land and property rights, um, water rights, water quality issues, wildlife issues, um, regulations and trade and business. Um, international and domestic mm-hmm. you know a lot of those things impact our business every day and it's part of our responsibility yeah we've got policy organizations out there that are, are working with those legislative members and yeah we've got checkoff programs that are providing education on these important topics but we also have a responsibility as individual producers individual members of this ag community to advocate for ourselves in those realms as well um, so sometimes that is getting up on Capitol Hill and testifying on a bill. Sometimes it is meeting with your local house representatives or state senator, um, giving them a call saying, hey, you're a local guy or gal, and this issue, this bill, deeply impacts me. 
those having worked for a policy organization and, and a lobbying you know lobbying group within that mm-hmm. um, those impressions make the biggest impact right a phone call a personal letter to your representative even even to the u.s house and senate mm-hmm. um, being able to make a trip up there if you're in the region um, to meet with them or make a phone call to their staffers that are there in your state and being able to advocate by saying hey this issue affects me and this is how it impacts me um, makes a huge impact and so you don't have to be an advocate always on the consumer front right but you can be policy- an advocate for the industry within the industry yeah for sure exactly um, and so it, it, it's all there's a place for everybody right right everybody doesn't have to do the same thing no please don't like if everyone's doing the same thing we're not reaching people we need to so talking points are boring right amen <laughs> <laughs> i will say that uh i'll say it's been accused of advocates um, becoming commercialized and just using talking points from companies because they go to a conference and speak at different things mm-hmm. um, or we're all just you know, bright and cheery all the time right yeah that's bullshit no uh, <laughs> bright and cheery <laughs> bullshit yeah I, we should talk about the positive things and make Ooh. a positive spin on negative news yeah, right. yeah, but I mean, be real about it. Mm-hmm. Be real about it. You know, we talk about you like to go out and, and you're more into policy than I am. I am more into, you know, talking to local groups, but not necessarily local ag groups, like my local Kiwanis or um, Knights of Columbus and stuff have annual or, or monthly meetings. And I've been invited to speak at them. So totally non ag but local um, organizations that kind of want to hear from agriculture in general so that's been really good for me to kind of get out and talk in those um, organizations where we have people um, right in our own communities that maybe have questions and don't really know or, or kind of like maybe they know me or they know my my husband's family but they don't that doesn't mean they know what goes on in a day yeah so like people people in your church um in your local community can often have questions so like they moms groups if you're a parent like if you're in a mom's group um those can be some crazy bitches i'm just saying (laughs) (laughs) you know those are the people right there right next to you and just bringing up that conversation with them being open when they do have a question right um to talking about that one of my favorite things for offline advocacy is running yeah, well, you just like to run. Well, I like to run, but I also... So, I'm signed up for a 50-miler this year. Yeah. A 50-mile run. And what did I say when you said you were signing up for a 50-mile run? Probably that I was crazy. Yes, and that you're also insane, and that this is just a bad idea. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, so part of that fuels me... Um, uh, and that you're going to break yourself, I think I mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, I'll probably break myself. Yeah. Um, but part of that that drives me is so, like, there's a lot of vegans out mm-hmm. there that are in the running world mm-hmm. and saying this is the only way to be elite this is the only way to be great running and being a great athlete and i'm like no i can do that too um and so being a part of the running community has been really fun as like as a member of team beef and i've got a jersey with a steak on it and so when people see me like that makes me really hungry I'm like follow <laughs> the beef to the finish right and then um, we can have a beer yeah but i and milk uh, chocolate milk perfect recovery drink exactly <laughs> um but i'm out there not only saying but doing as an advocate, uh, showing that you can be an ad, you know, you can be a meat eater. You can eat beef, and it can be part of your diet, and be out there and be healthy. 
and be an advocate for that. And it, I've had great connections. Um, so every year I've got a group of ranchers from Montana that I go to a big relay with. Mm-hmm. Ragnar? We, uh, Ragnar relays. Right. So it'll be 300 people, 12 teams. And so we're talking about several thousand people in one place. Mm-hmm. And we always have positive impressions. And I've asked myself, why is that? Because we're running up among vegans. We're on the West Coast. Seattle, San Francisco, Portland, Hawaii, Portland. Oh. <laughs> and But we always have positive impressions, positive relationships with people that we go and meet. Um, and people go team beef and shout for us along the way. And it's because we've connected as runners mm-hmm. on a mutual interest. Mm-hmm. And then when they find out what we do as ranchers or members of the ranching community, then they're like, hey, I got a question about beef. Right. I got a question about cattle. Can I ask you about this? And that's the key to being an offline advocate that I think is very effective. Is that it doesn't have to be in your face. Have a life. Right? That's the key to being an offline advocate. Have a life. Um, In addition to farming and ranching. And like dairy farming, I think in particular, and ag in a whole, like, doesn't exactly lend itself to having lots of other interests. But we can, you know, indulge ourselves in that even if we don't always have a lot of time you are a mother you love cheese you love mm-hmm. romchata yes music music yeah, concerts heck yeah i mean there's opportunity out there and it's okay to to do both and multitask yep and i think connecting with people on mutual interest right and not forcing that advocacy on other people oh yeah when you get around talking that it's very effective right forcing advocacy on other people is a topic for our next podcast on how not dun, dun, to dun. advocate. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. So how not to advocate? Because there are ways that... Eh, there's no right way to advocate, but harms. there's a lot of wrong ways to yeah. do it, right? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of ways that you can harm the efforts. Right. Um, and, and again, like I've said in previous episodes, it comes back to the battle within our own communities. For sure. So we'll have to talk a little bit about that. Um, so take home, Carrie. Offline advocacy. Do it. Do it. (laughs) Say thanks. Get involved. Don't be afraid to be yourself. Right. For sure. For sure. So even if social media isn't your specialty, isn't your comfort zone. You don't get out of this. No. It's not an excuse. (laughs) So go up to a meat counter or a dairy counter. We have uh, not counters so much. A cheese shelf. (laughs) Case. (laughs) The dairy case. case. Yes. Uh, Go up and talk to folks. Say hi. And introduce yourself and say thank you for producing a product that I help produce. Buying a product that I help produce. Have another beer, Drunko. It's late. (laughs) No, it's not. It's 6 (laughs) p.m. Anyway, so so stay tuned for our next episode, How Not to Be an Advocate. And be sure to. It's going to be a hot one. Be sure to rewind to our previous episodes. Lots of good stuff there. Until next time, this is an episode of the Agriculture Proud Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Goodman, with guest, Carrie Mess.